Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 60 of the Interviews Podcast. We are here for the post-match reaction of the Coppa Italia uh, game between Inter and Bologna at the San Siro, which finishes 2-1 to the visitors. Uh, goals from all three goals happened in extra time, which is a little annoying, but goals from Carlos Augusto in the 92nd, Sam Bukema in the 112th, and Dan Doy in the 116th minute. As always, I am one half of your co-hosting duo, um, Alessandro Rafa, joined here by Nick Diani Views, who I think at this point is a permanent fixture for us. Jumping in for uh, for Johnny here. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and start with this. Is Lazio still your first love, or has Bologna the mistress officially taken over after having what Mota is putting together this year? It's been incredible. Uh, of course it's Lazio. Let's clear that up. But enjoying the Bologna ride probably more than anybody. I think it's uh, really, really cool to s- start seeing them get recognition. You know, now you're seeing people whose radar they weren't even on talking about them. They were all over Paramount the past two weeks. Um, and, and let's be honest, I don't think um, anybody expected them to be playing as well as they are. I think we all expected a better team than last year. Um, I always joke that they kind of live in that 10th to 14th little bubble. Um, I thought maybe top eight, top seven, reasonable. Don't know if they'll be able to keep up this pace, but it has been a, an insane run through these first 14, 15 games. So, um, yeah, um, safe to say, Mota the only thing I'm happy about with today year. with Inter getting officially dumped out of the Coppa Italia, the two time, I guess not two time, uh, two consecutive wins in the Coppa Italia. A lot of Interisti were saying we don't care about this competition. And then all of a sudden today, we decided that we like. We like the Coppa Italia and we care about it. So that's one of the things that we'll get into here in a little bit. Where I want to start and what I really think the conversation around this game is is going to be dominated by is if you are a team that is fighting on the big fronts, right? Let's call that going for a Scudetto. Let's call that going for a deep Champions League run. How exactly do you value the Coppa Italia in this instance for Inter fans, you're being on the outside of it. It's a little bit less of an emotional view. Like how do we value this competition? Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys have had the luxury of uh, competing on multiple fronts. As you've said, there's certain teams that are like that every year. It's Juve, it's Milan, it's Inter. Um, Maybe it's, I'm going to call it spoiled uh, from the outside looking in. And I don't direct that towards any one fan or any one fan base, but um, supporting a team like Lazio, you know that anytime you can get a trophy, you have to With cherish Inzaghi. it. You love it. We won a Coppa Italia, I think it's four or five years ago now. Great. Um, With Nzagi, of course. Um, so it, it is tough because on, on the one hand, it's a trophy. Right, everybody. The, the reason you play this game is to win trophies, to win competitions, and you guys have done a phenomenal job over the past few years. Um, but on the other hand, it's it's the low hanging fruit, right? With the 
squad that's assembled with the season that you guys are having. I, I think if you ask anybody, right, a uh, hundred out of a hundred fans are going to say, yeah, we'd rather get the Scudetto. We'd rather make a really long run in the Champions League, as you mentioned. But it, it always sucks when you're out of a competition. I think we're seeing um, even the Napoli fan base going through that yesterday, right? Like we, they went from a uh, Scudetto, a deserved uh, incredible year, to now – they're on the outside looking in, you know, top four and uh, out of the Coppa Italia already. So you got to kind of cherish what you have when you have the opportunity to get it. I'm a firm believer in if there's a realistic chance to win a trophy, you have to go all in. And I'm sure you're going to get into it and start asking the questions. But I mean, I I didn't think Inter mailed it in today. I, I, I mean, I certainly think they put a lineup out there good enough to win. I think they had chances in the first half, especially. Um, even some good ones in the second half. Yeah, good enough to also, win the game. You know, uh, the for the crowd that is fall. saying like, let's start the Primavera guys and let's let's put it out there. I mean, internally they obviously value this in some capacity. A because they are the holders of the competition, and B like, you know, with Alexis out, you could yep. have started, let's say, Mikitarian or Klaassen as the second striker as opposed to having Lautaro be out there from the first minute. You could have, you know, not played. Uh, I'd be the whole time, or you could have, you know, tried to find ways to to sit some of the guys that have been playing a lot, like Bisek or even Bastoni's coming back from injury. I mean, there are things that you could have done in terms of bringing in the um, the the Primavera players, but at the end of the day, you have a deep squad, and and you can go for it with what you have. So I do think that they wanted this game. I do think that we outplayed Bologna for the most part um, in extra time. It's, you know, two brilliant displays of skill from Joshua yep. Xerxes, who very much has been maligned for this early start of his career for what we were told he was supposed to be versus what the performances were were dictating. But this year is a different story. Like, you have to really consider this guy as a serious a serious striker for the future. Um, it, there's things about his game that are not seen across of the rest of Europe in, in these strikers. Um, his size and his technique, the blend of size and technique, it reminds me of, of Jekko a little mm. bit uh, early in his career. Um, just the ability to hold of the ball, but also the ability to make magic happen with his feet. He's really, really coming on. Um, do you think that that's down to a player that's just matured into this, or is that a lot of Mota that you see like giving him the comp- confidence to uh, to come through and start playing at this level? Yeah, I think you you took the words out of my mouth. It's, it's definitely a little bit of both. He's not a young kid anymore, right? He's in his mid twenties, so maturity does happen, uh, and obviously happens to everybody differently if at all but Mota has to be the x factor in this I I think he's you mentioned it he gives him the confidence he's starting you know he's getting starters minutes he's playing most games um and and I just don't now obviously I'm not a coach I'm not Mota I, I didn't see this this year especially after his performances after last year once they got him on loan um I don't see him kind of as that traditional striker I think that speaks to what you were saying right his skill set is so different so I always just kind of viewed him as like, all right, this is kind of a, a winger who they're putting in the middle or uh, he would maybe benefit from having somebody alongside him, maybe something similar to how Inter is set up, but he's adapted his game. And I don't think he does that if he 
isn't under Malta. He's doing what's asked. His work rate is fantastic. I mean, we saw a game where um, till he got hurt, Lotaro does not stop running. I mean, you know, you and I have talked about him episode after episode together. Every time I'm on, I'm praising the guy. We praise him for his control, for his technique, for his instincts, for his goal scoring. I don't think I've ever praised him enough for how hard he works without the ball. I mean, that dude is tireless. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that out of Xerxes. Yeah, and he's I a, mean, it was in the, a game like this the, the where the difference makers in today. the cup competition. I mean, it's one thing to also talk about how Inter values it, but look also how Bologna valued it as well, right? This is a team that is it fighting for top four um, as it stands right now, and they valued it by putting out their you know their rotation as well, right? Sydney Van Hoydonk, like, like Xerxes didn't come into the game until late in the game. Um, so I think that that goes to show you that it's not just Inter sort of, or Interisti now coming. I saw Nick average Kiesa enjoyer tweeted like, Oh, the copium from Interisti, like now that they're knocked out, Oh, they didn't care about it. But like, did Bologna go from the first minute saying that like, we're going after this cup. This is what we want. No, it's, it's a cup where you, for our whole lives, we've been seeing rotation from all teams, big and small, uh, in this cup competition. It is, it is not. Um, valued at the same level of as some of the other targets, and this is a competition that Bologna could could win, right? They're getting into Champions League. They're not going to win the Scudetto, but they could win a trophy in the Coppa right. Italia, and they still treated it with the rotation aspect. So there is a lot to be said about the role that this competition plays um, and how teams view it. The other main storyline coming out of this is as we have gotten closer to the January transfer window, the rumors around who is Inter going to target in January have started to swirl. The conversation has been dominated around Cuadrado's injury and replacing him with a right wing back, namely Tejan Buchanan is, is coming up. Um, you know, potentially getting Thiago Jallo early so that Juventus doesn't come in and, and swoop him. So it's been focused on the right side of the pitch, specifically with wing back and, and right center back. Today, um, something potentially happens that is an example of why Inter's priority in the transfer window should be in the attacking department because Lautaro came off with a potential groin injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simone Inzaghi after the match said that it was a, a bit of fatigue. Um, so we don't know until the tests are run. Yeah, we don't know until the tests are run. We no one was expecting uh, Lautaro to put that. in ninety eight no. minutes today. I don't think anyone at Inter wanted that. Um, but here we are. Lautaro limps off the pitch. For you, do you agree with this early discussion in the transfer market that Inter should replace Cuadrado, or is it time to switch focus and say, hey? Even if Lautaro's okay and we got a scare in the attacking department, the scare alone was enough for us to say the investment has to be switched to up top because Alexis and Arnautovic are not gonna not gonna cut it. No. Yeah. Yeah, I think the easy answer is both, right? Uh, but Inter definitely have more versatility at the back, I think. Um, even maybe in the middle. They have guys that are gonna be willing to do what it takes to get on the pitch that they can shift and play in that position it's not going to be their natural position uh, necessarily but inter can probably make it work uh because somer's been fantastic the rest of the d has been fantastic i would say whether lotaro is injured or not absolutely this game is showing it has to be the priority arnatovic uh just doesn't have it anymore right the the only time i've really seen him make an impact is when games have already been out of 
hand, right? You know, he comes on when the result is known and he'll get a goal or an assist or something, but you're not going to rely on him for long stretches. I think through 15 games and through Champions League and through the Cup, uh, we've seen two strikers who haven't missed yet, right? The, these guys are clicking. They're, they're playing a ton of minutes together. Uh, you know, you go through a period where, listen, they're not going to score every single game. We saw 90 mm-hmm. minutes today without a goal, right? Well, I mean, should there have been a penalty kick goal? Of course, but that's neither here nor there. But 90 minutes without a goal, um, you need somebody, a team of this caliber, a team that has aspirations of a title, of a Champions League, you need to be able to go to your bench and bring somebody on. My, um, my and, and Inter's missing that. I'm There's no question in my mind. I think he's, he's a good player. I think what is missing the mark here is the expectation for Interisti versus the reality of, of what he is. Like I'm, I thought he was decent today. Like he wasn't great. It's, it doesn't, I'll say it like this. If your expectation is that Lautaro Arnatovic should look like Lautaro Turam, you're not understanding how, how this works. Like it's going to look different. He's not going to look as dangerous as Turam because he's not 26 and he's not a speed demon. And he, it like, this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. Right. Yeah. I, I would say fair, they're they're fair. probably more so looking at to look like Lotaro Jeco from two years ago or from a year ago, and it's not even going to look like that, right? I mean, because Jeco, say what you want, that that dude, you know, towards the end of his career, yeah, he I never really turned off. He was always is, serviceable. Is perfect in terms of expectations, actually, um, and he's not that. So, listen, with Arnautovic, I think Interisti need to get need to be a little bit more patient with him and start seeing him for what he is and that he is a fourth striker. Alexis is a fifth striker and we don't have a third striker. That's what, yes. that's what it comes down to. There yes. is a gap. It's not going from Lautaro Turam to Sanchez Arnatovic. It's going from Lautaro Turam and then a gap of what we're missing and then an additional level before we get to Arnautovic and Sanchez, and that's why yes. things look like that. Um, but I do think he's overly criticized. I actually don't think he was he was terrible today. He did have like he's he's always going to have his one moment of like, ooh, that was that was nice. And today it was like a little back heel onto an on running Fratesi. Um, he did have a nice shot shot on goal that just went uh, by the post. But yeah, the 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 conversation out of this game is mainly going to be. Okay, we just got knocked out of a cup competition, and that feels different for us because it's not been the case recently. Um, and now it puts more pressure. I think he does feel a little bit more pressure because now it's like, okay, the only two things that we can win this year are the Scudetto and the Champions League, which are both incredibly difficult to win. But that is what we said we wanted. That's what we said we wanted. Yes. So here it is. Like now it, that's what's ahead of us, right? So we don't have to worry about any other competitions. Now we worry about the competitions right. that we really care about. The second thing is is the uh, the depth in, in attack, which I really do think has to be addressed in January. All right. Let's talk about this game a little bit. Um, this was played out exactly like the first leg or the first round of Coppa Italia looks like. That first half was dreadful. It was dreadful because you have a lot of players rotating in. It doesn't look seamless. It doesn't mm. look natural mm. on both sides. It was just like not, it was not fluid. 
second half, things opened up. Yep. And I don't, it, is there an argument that could be made that Inter wasn't the better side? Like, even with all the rotate, like we were, yeah. No, no, no. I don't think so. I think, um, I'm sorry I didn't let you finish your question, but I see where you were going. And no, I think Inter pretty much dominated the ball. They had the bulk of the chances. I'm trying to remember the first half. I think um, Fabian maybe had one kind of half chance for Bologna. That was about it. Um, But, you know, exactly as you expected, even with the substitutions, like I said, I think they put a lineup out there worthy to win the game. I think, um, you know, first half, it was teams feeling each other out more so than anything to say, hey, how's this going to unfold for a team like Bologna? Hey, do we have a realistic chance of winning this game? Yes, we've we've gotten results in the league, but we put our lineup out there as well. So, you know, what's going to take place in the second half? But I I certainly think, um, I don't know, I don't even remember if you're asking me first half or the whole game, but, you know, Inter had the better chances had the opportunities to win. Uh, you can't say that they didn't value it. I think they always were going for it. It's just sometimes uh, you don't get the bounces, quite honestly. And it, it, to me, it's almost um, Inter needed that kind of one wake-up call, right? They were they were cruising along. They were uh, getting results, even sometimes when they didn't play their best. This is, uh, you know, maybe it's a little early in the year, but maybe it's better now than... Yeah, and when things are February going March, so well for you, it's kind of like, okay, is a kick in the ass really the worst thing to, ha- to happen <clears throat> to this team? Because it's it's looked really good all year. Um, and even with like the Champions League finishing second in the group, you did get a, a very tough matchup, but also a very winnable matchup in the round of 16. Like we have, things have set up for us well. Um, this might be the, the kick in the ass that we needed. Big moment from the game. Um, Lautaro, I think, has missed seven out of 20 penalties that he's taken as, uh, as an Inter player. Um, is, there, is there... How do I phrase this? If Inter is, ends up in a shootout situation in the Champions League, um, Hakan goes ahead and slots his away. After that, <laughs> do you have worries about where we're going? Because if Lautaro is the second guy and he is a 65% shooter, that that gives you a scare. And I've never seen Turan yeah. take a penalty. Yeah. Um, that's bad. That That's like shockingly bad for a striker, for a striker of this quality even more so. Um, I, I definitely didn't expect you to hit me with those stats. I was just going to say, yeah, I remember him missing, you know, one or two. Wow. Interesting. Um, it was a pretty poorly taken kick. I mean, great save also by the keeper, but you gave him the chance to make the save. You, you can't do that. So that's got to be a worry. I mean, I, I don't know. I've never seen anybody else on Inter take it. I have to imagine somebody like a DeMarco is, is probably he's, good at it, right? Like he could be like that little too. Fabio Grosso good at taking penalty yep. kicks from defense. <laughs> Okay, I don't. Yeah, then I really don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, do you trust Barella? He sometimes has. You never really know because you don't get an opportunity of to see um, your five I, I don't guys. Know. Who are they going know, to? The only people that know are the guys that are sitting there in training, knowing knowing who's dispatching the penalties. But it is a concern. Like you at least want to be able to say, right. okay, 
like Hak, a check and check for Hakan and Lauti, but you can't say that. You can say check for Hak. I mean, hopefully, knock on wood, you can say check for Hakan. Right. But uh, the rest that it leaves you, it leaves you with some doubts and some worries. Um, yeah. But Inter should have won this game. Let me ask you about the team that we put out there today. Was there? a move made uh in terms of who started that you wish we would have gone in a different direction right it was a midfield of class and aslani and fratesi so barela sees time on the bench with it i think everyone was okay with but also sensi and algume um not in the team was there anything mm-hmm. in terms of the lineup that you wish inter would have gone or not wish <laughs> that you think inter should have gone with No, uh, listen. I think Fratesi, for me, uh, definitely in the first half, he was everywhere. He was, um, he was one of the men of the match for Inter. Um, so obviously, he needs more game time. I think that's fair to say. Um, so no problems there. Aslani, you know, I think he he's been okay. I'm I'm not as high on him as many Interisti, but thought he had a pretty decent game. Um, played what almost the full ninety. So I, I was like watching with eyes to really critique him to say, man, what, what are you inter fancy in this guy? But I thought he was pretty solid. Um, Klaassen, I just haven't seen enough. So I, I thought he had probably had the most forgettable game of anybody, but I mean, you'd have to tell me, is he in his natural position? Is he worthy of a start? Does he, I mean, that, that's maybe the one change I make. Yeah. I think looking um, at how the game unfolded, Inter, would agree with me. Here. I honestly don't know enough I, about him. Klaassen over Sensi and Algume feels almost like you're trying to keep Sensi and Algume healthy for a move in January, as opposed to actual skill, because Sensi is, Sensi came onto the game and okay. he wasn't great by any means, but you could see that his influence on the game is felt immediately in 15 minutes that he's there, as opposed to with Klaassen, that's not, you just don't feel him. Um, you just don't feel him impacting the game. And same thing with Agume. Like even in a short, yep. short appearance against Salernitana earlier in the year, you you did feel him. He was involved in one of Lautaro's four goals. So um, that would have been the one that I would have changed. I would have played Sensi um, from the start and seen what it looked like with Aslani and Fratesi. I think everything else you're sort of locked into, right? Because Darmian, you don't have any... Don't freeze his hurt, so you can't go with anyone else. Pavard can't play a full 90, so Bisek has to start. Devrai is hurt, yep. so Acerbi has to be in there. You're rotating Somer out, so Adero is there. Bastoni actually has not been getting a lot of minutes recently because he's coming off an injury. So this is an opportunity for him to put in 60, 70, whatever. I think it ended up being 75. Yep. Dimash always gets an opportunity to rest, so you have to see Augusto because he is that rotation piece. Hakan, you gotta say it's almost like they kind of played all the mm-hmm. cards that they had. And the fact that they even started Lautaro instead of like Mickey as a second striker, you know, goes to show that there is a severe lack of depth um in certain positions. So I don't know that Inter could have played it any better from a lineup perspective. Um let's talk about let's talk about these players. The way that the game played out, so after 90 minutes, Inter was a superior team. Lautaro missed a penalty. It goes into extra time. Augusto immediately gets us on the score sheet two minutes into extra time with a header off a corner. That kid's a beast. That kid's a beast as a left wing back, but still rugged and getting in the mix on corners. Um, what did you think of uh, of the Brazilian wing backs uh, game today where he had even a couple 
Brazilian moments, I'd say, when he skipped past skipped past some Bologna players. Yeah. Listen, it's a real luxury to have two guys that are starting on most teams, right? To play the same position. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that he's ready to take over for DiMarco just yet on a full-time basis, but uh, for me, he's probably the man of the match right there. I, I think um, he did everything. He played the full 120. He was awesome with the ball. Obviously got the goal. Um, I think we all thought that might have been it. I, I think I, I really tuned out for like 10 minutes after his goal just because it was like, all right, this is a repeat of the first 20, 25 minutes of that first half. And, um, you know, both of those it teams was, tuned uh, out after, man of the match performance, in goal. my opinion. They took a little breather before going after it uh, for the rest of the extra yep. time. Um, <laughs> all right. Some of these players, Aldero, glaring mistake, letting the ball get to Xerxes there. I don't, I, I haven't watched it back on the replay, but my initial wow. instinct was he didn't play it as perfectly as he could have played it, but he also probably could not have gotten to that back post in time. I don't even know if Somer could have gotten there in time before Zerk because he played it back across the, the box. Yeah. No, no, he was in no man's land. There's really nothing he could have done unless he was positioned a little bit closer, which why would he have been? So I don't fault him all that much yeah, for it, especially um, with all the rust he has from listen, lack of game time. We're probably going to see a lot less of Aldero now that the Coppa Italia is over, so I don't know that Interisi needs to get too upset about it. He, We're not a team that can spend a lot. We weren't spending a ton on a backup goalkeeper. You know, It is what it is. Um, he's not our guy. If Somer gets hurt, different story. We can be up in arms, but it is what it is. From the defense, uh, one guy continues to stick out and really capture the hearts of, uh, of Interisti with these performances. Does not look like a 22, 23-year-old at all. Yambisek, what did you think of him today? You're seeing a lot more of him. You're seeing a lot more of him. What do you think about this kid's game? Yeah, I think um, he's just a rock back there, man. He doesn't get phased. I think that's what's impressive. Um, I, I guess, you know, we said the same thing. He reminds me of like Bastoni almost from a couple of years ago, right? Just jumped right in, never let the moment get too big for him. He's calm with the ball. I think um, he can maybe improve some of his passing. That could be the potentially the weak point from the games that I've seen, but he really gave up nothing we, uh, in defense, so definitely the defender of the match. I agree. Um, should we be a, concerned about Acerbi with all with this Devai injury that he's hoovering up all these minutes? I I don't know how to assess it because objectively, you're like this is unsustainable. He's heading down a path where he could get hurt, but at the same time, he doesn't look tired to yep. me. I know he got beat by Xerxy bad. I guess that was the blemish, but you don't know that that's due to minutes or, or tiredness. It could have just been a moment of brilliance. Sure. Yeah. Our shooting that needs to be concerned he's that he's got too many anyway, minutes right? on his legs and Devry needs to come back uh, as quickly as possible. Yeah, I think so. Listen, I have a soft spot in my heart for him, obviously. Um, but he... He's a warrior. I mean, he's obviously, you know, 90 minutes, 120 minutes. We, you know, 
week after week, that's not going to phase him at this point in his life, but he is 35 years old, right? So he's been through obviously an awful lot. Uh, his body's been through an awful lot. It's not going to get easier. I think um, every year, you you know, he's the type of guy, at least for the past two or three, where you look at it and you're like, all right, is this going to be the year that a Cherby just can't do it anymore? And hasn't looked that way yet, right? Uh, hasn't looked that way this year through 15 matches. So um, is depth a bad thing? Of course not. If you can go out and 32, find somebody else, because yeah. the Vry is not exactly yeah. young either, right? He's got to be in that same 34, yeah. 35, 36. Is that all he is? I feel like he's older just because he's been around for so long. Um, I, I think it'd be a nice to have if you can figure something That's out back there. But be I mean, in the offseason, no question, if he you're going to have to address uh, it. All the dotted line. I, you know, for me, Interisti with Acerbi, his game is predicated on staying close to his man. So this is not a guy who's chasing all game long. Uh, you would imagine that he's not of the players on the pitch. He's one of the guys that, you know, is not necessarily running his head up and down the pitch uh, for 90 minutes. So he can sort of brace these minutes a little bit better than some of the other guys. But again, we have to see how it plays out. Is it ideal that he put in 120 minutes tonight um, in a stretch where he's, his backup is down and Bastoni is also coming back from injury and you don't know if you can shift him inside. Yeah, it's not ideal, but I'm going to, I'm going to pump the brakes on um, getting overly worried because there's other things to worry about. Bastoni uh, doesn't look like he's back. No. He had one or two, I think, um, good interventions, but they're, I don't know. He doesn't, he didn't stand out to me. He doesn't command the game, I think, the way we thought he might. Um, maybe that's overshadowed by Bisek, as you mentioned, because he just looked so good. But yeah, I don't just kind I of a can't remember there game him being a factor in an offensive action the way that when he's on form, you're like, this guy is constantly causing trouble because the defense has to account for a player that typically they don't, they don't have to account for. They're not worried about the left center back coming up the field and playing a perfect ball, but yeah, they're not necessarily worried about it right now because he's off. Um, Bastoni's having an interesting season. It, it, it doesn't look like what we're used to seeing. Um, you don't know all the factors that play into it, but this is a guy that uh, when he's on, he, he does change the game for us, takes a little bit of pressure off DiMarco as well, and also helps DiMarco get into open space because you have to account for, for Bastoni. Um, as far as the defense goes, uh, you know, a couple other players to talk about are exa- or one other player, Benjamin Pavard comes back in to the side after having his kneecap uh, essentially facing the other way a few weeks ago. He's ba- he's back here. Um, he came on to the game, obviously, in a moment where I think he came on in the 91st. So we submitted both goals with him back there. Don't think he had anything to do with them. Um, but also don't have much to talk about for his game. I mean, he kind of wasn't a factor. Yeah, I think um, you wonder, like you said, he doesn't have the the 90 or the 120 in him, but you wonder if he had gotten more minutes, could he he have had an impact? I think he Um, he did get a shot, right? Did he get a a shot off of a corner or something? Yeah, he he did. Yeah, he did. Had something on goal, I feel like. Um, and, you know, he's 
you know, good with good with the ball. So um, maybe that steady hand that they were missing. But just I, I think um, I, I kind of have the same feeling for all the subs. I mean, they just the game was already so messy and yet so sleepy with the exception of maybe five minutes of game time. Nobody really had that impact that, you know, I don't know if they weren't prepared. They weren't ready. They yeah. didn't care. Uh, I don't know. I, I, don't, I didn't it's see a, anybody really come on and say, it's a cup game. Okay. I'm going to be the difference require, maker. Or the, it's the, a the cup situation that requires did. intensity and they didn't quite bring that same level of intensity, but they also play with a lot of intensity in the games that matter more to them. Right. So it's kind of like there, there may be a drop off sort of mentally and physically there. Quick update for our listeners. Um, as far as Lautaro is concerned, Mediaset just put out that Dr. Volpe, who is uh, Inter's chief medical officer, says that no exams are scheduled for tomorrow, despite the player having left the stadium limping. So you would imagine something more Boom. serious would, uh, would you know, you require go. that. So this is, pro- this is likely just a rest thing. And the guy plays his fucking ass off. And the guy plays a lot. So, you know, let's get him the rest that he needs. Darmian and Augusto, we spoke about Augusto, really one of the best players for us, if not the best player for us. Darmian, um, steady, but non-influential. Anything to say about about the wingbacks today? DiMarco also came on and was pretty pretty dangerous, had an assist. uh, But... Yeah, I actually think the left side, is, it, you can talk about the left side, but the right side just didn't, didn't yeah. bring it for us today, unfortunately. Yeah, listen, we got into it before. I think Augusto, for me, was the man of the match. Um, Darmian was fine. You know, he listen, this is, uh, this is the type of game you need from him at this point in time. You know, it's another 34-year-old. He's not going to be a match winner. He's not going to be a, an impact guy, but can he solidly move the ball? Yes. Can he defend when he needs to? Yes. Yeah. Did and he you do would that have today? loved that he didn't he have did. to play 120 minutes, man. Again, don't freeze hurt. Our injuries are, are tough on three fronts, man. They're hurting us on these three fronts. Midfield today, Klaassen, Aslani, and Fratezi. For me, yep. Fratezi got himself in good situations, did not have the incisive... Um, finishing that we've come to expect from him. Outside of that, a pretty straightforward performance. Uh, you want more from him, especially in the opportunities where he's going to get, which doesn't come around very often. Aslani misplaced several balls. Mm-hmm. Also, to me, looking a little bit behind athletically. Um, definitely not the quickest player. Definitely not the strongest player. He's a young kid, so he's got some time to grow into his body, but I think that that's going to be a part of his game that he needs to um, to work on. Mm-hmm. Klaassen, a very nothing match for me. A very nothing match. Yep. Yep. I think he was the, the worst one. I mean, we, we covered it, right? He would have been the guy that we took out uh, from that starting lineup, yeah. but he was just... okay. Mikitari and Barella come into the game. Um, Barella came in and tried to do too much. Uh, was upset with the referee. Um, I've said this time and time again, and I've I've gotten into a little bit of you know some arguments with Johnny over it. I can't stand the 
the attitude that he has towards the referees and the throwing the hands everywhere. And it's like, as the vice captain, I think in that yes. moment, you need some cool. The I feel like we have to separate the player and what he does with the ball at his feet versus the attitude and what he does to the referees to antagonize them. He's not a he's not perfect in that regard. Um, and today for me, it was like kind of you know we needed some calm and some some incisiveness for him, and it, it was the opposite. It was just like chaotic and and angry. Man, so I'm glad you said it, and I'm Team Ale on this one. I think um, what, especially this year, I don't know if he's always been doing it or I, I just noticed it more this year. It, it, like to me, when I think of Barella, the first yeah. thing I think of is him complaining. That's what he's kind of turned into. Like it's it's almost um, Verratti-esque, right? Like you're overshadowing how good you are, how talented you are, the impact you can have on a game, on a team with – yellow cards with complaining at the referee with fighting with other players. Um, I, man, I think questions really need to be asked and um, uh, shit, man. I wish Johnny was on cause I want to hear his take on it, but I, I agree with you. I think um, he's a little too focused to on the wrong Amer- things. American Just audience for this up, one. It's kind of like the next play Mahomes expecting to get all the calls. It's kind of like Harden expecting to get all the calls, you know, throwing the, his hands up. 100%. Yes, but I was fouled multiple <laughs> times, but it's like, just, just let's play, man. Let's play. You're antagonizing the the worst person on the pitch to antagonize. Like, direct that yep. energy sort towards the other players. But anyway, um, right. were you happy to see Sensi back on the pitch? I like him, man. I, well, I think, like you said, he's going somewhere else. Come to Lazio. Uh, <laughs> what the hell never have that? enough midfielders. I, I oh. know. I, listen, he shouldn't be the only one. Um, now, listen. I, I think since he, he's had a he's had a rough go of it, unfortunately, just for you know a number of different reasons. But he's still what twenty seven, twenty eight years old. So I, I think um, he can. He still has time. He still has time to have and a with career. The Euros right? coming he, up. he can still have imagine. a couple good years if he can put his his injuries behind him. Um, yeah, I mean that. You know, is that realistic at this point? I don't know. But if he wants to give himself a shot, if he wants to go to be able to get starters minutes and to help out a team right away and to prove that he belongs, I, I think he's got to go in January. Um, I, I, but you can never have enough depth. So I don't know. I mean, does Inter want to give him I up? Think- it, it, Watching Aslani today and knowing team. that he still has to develop, um, maybe Sensi can actually play a role at, at Regista as well and not just not just Metzala. For me, Hakan, Barella are clearly our two best. Uh, then it's yeah. Mikitarian and then it's Fratesi. And of the rest of the guys, you know, um, Klaassen, <laughs> Aslani, Sensi, for me, Sensi is the best of the bunch. And Agume. So... If you lose him, you do lose a piece of depth, no especially with how ineffective no we've seen the other guys be. So let's see how that shakes out. Up top, Lautaro Martinez, best defensive forward in the game, um, gave everything he had, missed the penalty. But, you know, the service <laughs> to him today was not what he typically has the luxury of being on the end on, uh, of. Um, 
especially in the midfield. You know, you'd expect a Hakan to find him where, you know, a Klassen uh, or a Fratesi, it's not really his game. So he did have to work in a little harder in different aspects. But for me, um, it was a workmanlike performance. It wasn't an incisive performance. Yeah, listen, he scores the goal and you're talking about it a whole lot differently um, because he did a little bit of everything. He just didn't get the goal. And um, you listen, I, I see it a lot watching Lazio. I, I see it watching this Bologna team. If your forwards aren't getting the ball, if they're not getting the service, there's only so much they're going to be able to do. You have to rate the performance accordingly. Um, but, you know, his this game's going to be remembered for the missed um, penalty. It's, again, another you know, player who... He, the role that he's being asked to play is not the role that he should be playing at this point in his career. And I really wonder for all the players, all the Twitter people that are saying right. ship him on the bus back to Bologna, what would that look like? With uh, with uh, Xerxes playing the way that he's looking, like, is, it, is he going to sit on the bench at Bologna this year? I mean, if they're sticking with this formation, which I don't see why they would change it at this point in time, uh, probably. Uh, but, you know, could Xerxes maybe move back? Yeah. And no, I don't know. I, that's, I mean, that's a weird hypothetical. I, I can't imagine that he goes back anyway. But I, I do think Bologna needs some striker depth. I mean, we saw it today, right, with uh, the backup, Van, yeah. Van Heidonk, right? He was uh, – it might as well have been me or you out there. Um, I think that's an issue. Orsolini's obviously been hurt for over a month. Not that he's a true striker, but that's an issue. Um, Xerxes, to me, as I mentioned, right, not a traditional striker in the striker sense. It's been working out for them, uh, but they they need something. If they're going to continue along this path, if they realistically want to make top six, top seven, get into Europe, they're going to need um, something. As far I don't think as Arnautovic the depth that came answer, on today, Gudam had an appearance. He actually came on in the 75th, so he played uh, 74th. So he played himself a good chunk of the game today. Um, I thought he was dangerous on the ball, or he did. He tried to have some stuff come off, in particular a back heel that was in the path of Fratesi. Mm. Exactly. Mm. It's the same thing with Barella. It was like you're... Tried to do a little were too trying much, to right? Do... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It, it, I mean, my take on it, Ali, I, I'd rather have players like that. There's so few of them in today's football. I want guys that want the ball. Uh, you know, whether everybody can have an off game, everybody can have a shit 20, 30 minutes, but give me guys who want to win the game. Uh, I mean, the ideal him. scenario that, that, for I any I can't team imagine anybody is, has an issue with how You have a Lautaro and Turam up front, and then in the 75th minute, you can go to your bench and you can go to a player like, let's say it was Taremi or Xerxes even. That's the ideal scenario. What Turam is, is not a guy that comes on in the 75th minute with a bunch of rotation players. Like if he came on in the 75th minute to a midfield that included Barella, Mickey, and Hakan, a different story, right? But coming in there and having to play off of Sensi and Aslani, it's not, it's not his game. It's not what he's used to. Um, Oh man, you could, honestly, you could talk about this forever. Um, This Coppa Italia, um, this Coppa Italia performance, which is really hard to evaluate because it is the least important of the competitions. Um, 
So now here we sit at the end of the day, uh, only left in the Scudetto race in the Champions League, which is not, in my opinion, a bad thing. Uh, we've won it two years in a row, so let's have the other guys have a have a crack at it and see what you guys can pull out. Um, the most important thing for Interisi coming out of this game should be to understand Lautaro's car- condition and make sure that there's no issue there. But outside of it, um, you know, Outside of it, I guess we can we can call it like it is. We are not winning the treble this year. That's it. That's what we found out today. We're not winning the treble. Yeah, and listen, you, you lost to a good side. That's it happens, right? You can't win every game. This is a exceptionally difficult competition for that reason. I think. Inter has done exceptionally well to to win it the last two years, right? The holders um, uh, sucks, but kind of uh, could be a good wake up call. It, it definitely, as I said, I think it will help see the realistic holes, right? Because when when times are good, you don't you don't see those gaps, you don't see those deficiencies that the team have. I, I mean, I can tell you. Um, you know anybody that listens to to my show? We we we're praising Inter week in and week out, right? It's they're the deepest team, they're the best attack, they're the the coach could stake a claim to being one of the best in the league. And now you've seen, listen, eleven guys can't be on for a full ninety every single game. This isn't FIFA, right? So, um, could be a good. There's a silver lining. I'm not going to call it a good thing because you still want to win yeah, a trophy. But I, I think there's a silver a, lining. A resetting of fun. expectations you and almost to, like know. a um, things have been going so well for us that we've been finding things to complain about where they don't exist. And now that we actually have something to complain about, like you know, getting dumped out of a competition, it's almost like even that seems trivial. Like it seems like all the things that we've been complaining about with the Inter, like. You know, Huyan putting uh, Marotta's L transfer record out there and just finding, we've been finding things to complain about. It's all of this is very trivial in the grand scheme of things and, and what this year was supposed to be about, what we've been talking about since May, June of, of uh, this year, where it's like the goal is the second star. The goal is the second star. If there's issues with depth, sorry. We're not a rich club. If there's issues with, you know, we're not competing for a trouble this year, that was not the expectation. The expectation was Scudetto. So let's, we're still within a shout of all of our objectives. So let's keep it, let's keep it chill and let's, uh, let's relax. I'm going to yep. get savage for it because some people can't, can't do that. But I'm trying to keep some perspective here, guys. Um, all right. So the game finishes 2 on 2 Bologna. Uh, Inter is out of the Coppa yep. Italia. Nick, thank you so much for jumping on. Um, what do you got going on this uh, this week? When do the plays, the weekend plays, come out? Or is there weekend plays? Because we've got Christmas. We've got Christmas. Yeah, we'll be out. recording. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, always, bro. We got Saturday full slate on Saturday in Serie A this week. So it's Wednesday give, night. Give We're recording tonight. Spot. Give Episode the interview will drop listeners tomorrow. a little uh, sneak peek. Um, just one, just one play. Yeah, it's. That's true. Sneak. Just one play. Well, so listen, bro, 2-0 last time I was on. So the two plays I gave out were winners. Um, 
let me remember what I put together. I actually like Fiorentina to get it done against Monza. That's um, it's like not the hipster pick because everybody's kind Coming of on Monza of right now. They love them. On. They're they're pretty strong. They're strong at home. But Fiorentina, I mean, not even a bad loss, dude. They, I mean, they they can't finish. They can't score. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to. It's understand just, how they have so many Kobani. wins because I've never seen a team like so poor at finishing and, and Milan. It, yeah, I guess so. Um, and I think Fiorentina has kind of figured it out a little bit. They had a really rough stretch and I hate Fiorentina, by the way, like if, if anybody knows me or doesn't, I can't stand Italiano. I think he's overrated. I think the players this team have are overrated. They're swapping people in every single year, the failed loan players from Real Madrid, wherever they get these guys. Um, but they had a brutal stretch where they lost like three in a row. They lost four out of five. And I'm like, they got no shot. They're going to be the odd team out. And now they've kind of righted the ship. I think they've won two out of three or, or three out of four games. Uh, they're looking really good in the conference league. I, I think they're going to get it done against Monza. I like that, that would play. Be my, um, and I do right Lu- now. Lucas Beltron got on the score sheet last time out, which he's a player that I really like. They actually, Jesus. They are four and they haven't lost in six, four wins and two draws. So, yeah. There you go. And and I didn't think that was possible, uh, you know, a month, two months ago. I I thought they were just going to go into a downward spiral like you were going to see this team in 10th. So I think uh, the Monza story is great. Good for them. I'm happy for... uh, Paladino, right? I hope they already. Where can where our at, listeners find, to find this uh, this episode that's coming out soon? It will be on all podcasting platforms. It'll be on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter at Kicks Picks Pod. Everything is uh, under that label. So give us a chance give us a try if you enjoy betting if you're new to betting if you have betting questions just if you like to hear three guys bullshit with each other which i'm guessing you do because you're listening to love this it. thank you for for jumping on nick really love appreciate to, it um i we haven't had a lot of bad days in Teristi. today's one of them but Anytime, we brother, will uh, we will ba- bounce back in the words of the great roberto scarpini forza ragazzi forza ragazzi forza ragazzi